This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam's got kicks and the angels got owned. We got some off the menu items, but uh, this ain't Diagon Alley. Rest in peace, break home. This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural for your pleasure and for our, eh, I guess, to relieve some boredom on <laughs> season nine, episode <laughs> 18, I think is what this is. Um, I uh, I am very mixed about this episode we're covering today, Chris. But first, how are you? How, how is my friend Chris Mosher doing? I'm doing okay. Chris is doing okay. Um, we're both okay, he and I. And um, yeah, we're just, we're happy to be here. How are you today, Jeremy? I'm doing doing pretty well. Uh, I'm, I'm here. Just uh, having a normal conversation again. Yeah, just just talking about Supernatural again, like we haven't been talking for an hour and a half about anything else. So yeah, enjoy the, enjoy the <laughs> outtakes, everybody. Um, before we get too far to the episode, I want to thank all of our friends over at patreon.com slash monster of the week, uh, spe- specifically Stephanie. Stephanie was our latest patron. Um, thank you for that. We The last time we recorded, I believe we said um, if we got 100 patrons, we would send that person a sticker. I did that. We did it. Thank you very, very much for coming through. I, I very much appreciate it. And uh, I have put that into the mail, so that person will be getting um, some goodies from me very, very soon. Uh, some, some Monster of the Week-themed goodies. Speaking of Monster of the Week-themed goodies, Chris, we Ooh. have a new t-shirt Ooh. on the store. We sure freaking do. Uh, we've been we've been waiting to release this one since like season season two feels like it's yeah been I don't a long time I don't remember coming. when Stanford University came up but I feel like it's been there for a long time <laughs> this is yeah, this is this is deep merch lore uh, and it has finally come to fruition uh, thanks to our our very good friend uh, Amanda for uh, designing this perfect uh s styled logo with the uh with the hunter's knife through the middle uh, it's it's so close and so reminiscent of the actual stanford logo that i'm you should probably go buy these shirts as soon as you can so that you can because <laughs> they might get kicked off the store if stanford notices us uh but go check that out uh, all of that is linked on our website uh but also yeah if you're a patron thank you very very much we, we want to say thank yes, you thank and, you yeah, y'all should go join up on that patron uh patreon just so you can join our discord and and talk about um the game of thrones spoiler channel or games <laughs> for, for maybe um, oh man oh and we're getting we're getting closer and closer to that to that two episode uh two bonus episode a month uh goal i'm actually pretty surprised at how close we're getting so um yeah if you want to get in on that help yeah. us out reach that goal we're close yeah if you get exclusive podcast uh we've got stuff about anime stuff about music stuff about musicals we've got all kinds of stuff coming down the pipe um as soon as we finish up one podcast that we've been doing for pretty consistently we'll, we'll announce what the next one is um it's already on our discord because the person who recommended it just put it out there before but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> nobody really paid attention to it so it must be an open secret and i didn't even know that so <laughs> um but thank you to everybody who is doing that and if you haven't considered doing it chris what has been happening in season nine? Oh, great question. Um, let me fill you in, Jeremy. Uh, last time in Supernatural, Marv, also known as Metatron to the layman, has been doing his damnness to make sure his storyline has been kept firmly where it belongs on the back burner in the face of far more interesting stories like the, th- the Abaddon threat. But just as we're ramping up with Dean's struggles with the Mark of Cain, it's time to switch it back. 
Uh, remember Gadriel? Remember Angel Factions? Remember characters who have died twice already but are back again for some reason? Great, good, perfect, because they're all back, leaving us all with a few unanswered questions. Uh, like, uh, what are Crowley and Abaddon up to, for example? How's Sam doing, maybe? Uh, and for the love of God, where is Cass? Um, that's all I got. <laughs> perfect, perfect. If you can't tell, we are covering Season 9, Episode 18, Meta Fiction. This was written by Rami Thompson and directed by Thomas J. Wright. It aired on April 15th, 2014. Metatron offers Castiel a deal. Metatron attempts to get Castiel to join forces with them. Still furious with Metatron, Castiel refuses, which sets a surprising plan in motion. Meanwhile, Sam and Dean capture Gadriel. Gadriel, however you want to say his name. Um, Like I mentioned at the top of this episode, I am pretty mixed on this. I think you're kind of negative on it in general, but like this feels like when when people talk about meta episodes of supernatural like the french mistake or uh uh changing channels or things like that like or the i can't remember which one where they introduced like that there was actually a book a series about mm-hmm. sam and dean winchester but those kind of things felt um fun and and interesting and they were funny <laughs> right but this just feels like uh, and I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of fan service in general. But uh, you texted me that this feels like it was written to directly play to the con crowd. And there's nothing wrong with being like going to the conventions and everything like that. I don't I don't want to say that at all. But it definitely no no no, no, no. yeah that's not how I meant it yeah it it's like these are it feels like there's some sort of in joke here for for just that group and it was like this kind of in humor that it it wasn't appealing at all like this was the one of the least funny episodes i can remember um exactly i felt like it was actively trying to be funny at the same time which usually when supernatural tries to be funny like i feel like it does a relatively good job of it we're often laughing at stuff like it's pretty easy for me to pull a clip out at the beginning for the beginning of the each podcast and and also while we're saying this like while we talk about like some of these some of these in jokes or what have you i'll uh I'll just preface and say, I know that we're a podcast that like regularly talks about Smanford University and nutting blood, well, right? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> we know, we know exactly what we're doing when we say that, but, uh, all of this like quote unquote meta stuff in this episode, I kind of hate because it, it fundamentally changes the way that Metatron is acting in the universe. And I feel like it changes some of the laws in this universe. So I'm, I'm going to be interested in going through it like step by step with you because I yeah. sometimes my opinions drastically change as we record the podcast. Yeah, even even as we go through this, my opinions might change. Um, you know, there, there's a difference when they when they put the the comedy burden on Jared and Jensen or on Misha, who just have such great chemistry and they're so funny anyway that like it doesn't take a lot for them to to make um something good, you know, something work. But they don't. It doesn't seem like they put a lot of the, the comedy chops on them. It's like feels like Metatron and a different character in this episode are the ones who are, are driving the comedy forward. And so it's just like, okay, quippy, quippy lines about fucking nothing and cultural references. They don't, they don't make me laugh. There's no actual humor here. It's just references and quips and they're empty. Um, and that's how this whole episode feels. Despite the fact that a lot of like big, important stuff happens here. And I think that if some of these things were spread out over maybe another episode, or if they had just been presented in a different manner, then this stuff could have worked i actually had like i remembered strongly this episode 
because the first time I watched it, I remember thinking, this all came out of nowhere. <laughs> this all feels like a whole big shift in tone out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, Because uh, yeah. the last couple episodes has been Dean uh, and the Mark of Cain and Abaddon, and it's like, oh shit, things are really getting good here. You know, I've had my complaints about season nine, but we're, we're building up to like, let's fight a night of hell. And I know that we spent time working on the Angel situation, but we I think we all tried to pretend it wasn't there when we left it for about three weeks because it's less interesting than the night of hell stuff. And also, uh, and just, and I'll just put this complaint in on, on the top so I don't keep talking about it. Uh, I enjoyed when we met Metatron for the first time. I thought that was an interesting mm-hmm. character. I thought that was an interesting, like, wrinkle to the supernatural universe. This, this scribe of God hiding out from everybody and everything to not take, participate in all of these things. Now that Metatron is an actual, like, player in this and he's taking a more proactive role i am just i just find him insufferable and if that's the goal mm-hmm. like if, if this if this kind of like nerdy bookish insufferable human as a not human insufferable angel as a god is supposed to make me kind of hate him then within good job but i'm also not right. enjoying it either like this is not like a um um oh, what was the first angel we met that was so cool uh zachariah like this is zachariah i love to hate that dude and i would if he came back right now if, if he was metatron i would probably be more oh, into this but oh yeah uh, anyway i miss him i de- never thought i'd be out here missing zachariah but here we are in season nine um do you remember in our discord when people started naming the angels that they liked the most that was not castiel and everybody said zachariah and literally yeah. nobody we went through every single angel that's shown up in the show except for metatron like do you remember or, yeah. and gadriel remember when that happened oh boy oh boy yeah so here we are uh, metatron we start off with him typing up a story on a um a typewriter He's surrounded by the supernatural books, and he's talking directly into the camera, our favorite thing, about stories and how great stories are. And, well, stories, they have meaning, but it's up is it up to the writer or the reader uh, what these stories mean? Uh, and then we see the splash screen uh, that we normally do for Supernatural, but it pulls back the, the fiery angel wings or whatever go away, and it, it comes back up with, like, angels, and it goes, oh! And it and it says Metatron instead, which um, is cool. Yeah. Like I like you know if you're gonna oh, if you're gonna have the word Meta in your uh, t- title, like changing up that kind of stuff. So you're changing up your splash screen. I thought that was kind of cool. Like I'm I'm in here uh-huh. for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we start off with Dean in the shower. So I was like, okay, they're going straight for the uh, straight for the fan service. This is fine. Whatever. Do what you got to do. Uh, actually, we got Dean I, in the shower. I actually you no. Know, as as a guy who you know I'm I'm a, I'm a cishet dude. Like you know I'm not <clears throat> I'm not extremely attracted to to other guys on a regular basis like not just like him the jensen just kills this like looking at the camera and being like so fucked up about the mark of cain he gets out of the shower he starts rubbing he starts worrying the mark i think that's what uh-huh. you would probably uh-huh. describe it as yeah um but like the the amount of pathos that he brings to just like staring at himself moodily in the mirror is is regardless of the of the hunk quotient in this which i know a lot of people would get into because i've seen this exact scene like gift over and over and over again and i know we have some listeners who are looking forward to it i think like just him being like so focused and fucked up about this is is like it comes across so well this is what the people paid for this this is this is what you paid your entry fee for was mm-hmm. to to see these moments um for like you said both the hunk factor and that kind of just like intensity of of the worrying yes um and, and it actually it actually does work and we see dean's nipple again and you know we know that nipple play is now off limits in season one. Yes. Uh, but it's, but it's just, you know, it's great to see the shout out to the nipple. <laughs> at least we get, at least, you know, like a nice cameo. We don't need to, we yeah, don't, we don't need right. to go back to the nipple position, right? Like the nipple exposition, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like to see a cameo mm-hmm. every once in a while. Uh, right. Just to know that they're still there. 
In the main part of the bunker, Sam is on the phone with uh, our old friend and extraordinarily good hunter, Carlos. Uh, yeah, who was, great who was to hear from him again. <laughs> mentioned exactly one time in the entirety of the show and then never discussed again, which is very funny to me. Um, but there's there's demon activity everywhere. <laughs> but there are- Carlos is just one of those, one of the dudes down at the bar that dudes become friends with. <laughs> Sam, do you think he's prank calling Sam? Like, this is all he's a setup? He's prank calling Sam. Uh, just, is this poker bitch? <laughs> I need you to call this number and tell the guy on the phone that there's demon activity everywhere. And I'll promise you, I'll bring you a pack of Paul Malls when I, next time I see yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they they can't find abaddon um and dean is still carlos couldn't find abaddon carlos can you believe it i mean new bobby carlos could not find abaddon um sam notices dean worrying that mark again dean's like i'm fine don't worry about it and then finally we get the answer to the age-old question that we've been asking for quite a few Mm. episodes where's Cass? And the answer, Chris, is he's in a wet pipe factory. <laughs> like that's- yeah, I wrote, I personally wrote he's in a wet pipe uh, hallway. Okay, um, sure. Good, good, good. But yeah, he's he's just, he's glowering his way down a hallway, snags his coat on a uh, on a pipe, just oh, to bummer. let you know, like, oh, we're for sure in the pipe factory right now because Cass's coat just got snagged on it. Um, and yeah, he's just, you know, here he is. It's been a long time and here he is. Um, he's He goes to explore this this wet pipe hallway. Uh, he finds a door with two bloody handprints on it, and inside Uh-oh. there are a lot of dead angels. And there's yeah, this... inside there's a lot more bloody handprints. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also this like glowing sigil on the wall, which is obviously some yeah. sort of weird Enochian rune. And um, I-, I like that Castiel like brings out his iPhone 3G <laughs> to try to take a picture of this. Mm-hmm. He's got the oldest fucking iPhone that they could put their hands on, which I thought was very funny for some reason. I don't know why. I really like this uh the sigil thing, you know, this rune, whatever it is. Uh it looks cool and it's yes. it's glowing in a cool way. Like it definitely feels like a video game type thing. Um, but it's this beacon and, and Cass has stumbled upon it and there are dead angels everywhere and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Um Oh Geralt but, uh, is seeing this and going like I need to learn how to do this for when I gotta go kill a bunch of angels, right? Absolutely. In the Witcher four. Yeah. Absolutely. Um but yeah, so the rune it, it, it kind of fades away, Cass takes a picture of what's left behind, and then someone tries to sneak up on him. Um, and then he turns around, catches them, and suddenly the person is like, oh, please don't hurt me. Uh, and we find <laughs> out that this cur- is, That was a good Kermit. Yeah. Kermit! <laughs> um, we find out that this is a, this is an angel named Kermit the Frog. Give me, give me um, your best Where's Kaz in Kermit's voice, please. <laughs> where's Kaz? That wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> Thank you. that's like a cross between like Kermit and Miss Piggy. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so it's an angel named Hannah. She was drawn to this place. Her eyes are all fucked up. Uh, I don't even really remember what that means, but I did make a note of her eyes being all fucked up. Um, but yeah, she says, please don't hurt me to Cass. Uh, she says that her and the other angels had been drawn down by a tone that had been um, kind of radiating out of the symbol on the wall. Um, but somebody who was working for Metatron was down there waiting for them, told them when they reached there, hey, you should join up with us. You could return to heaven if you, you join our gang. Uh, come help about Metatron. Um, but anybody who refused to join their gang, they got fucked up. Um, and I think that she was the only one to survive this situation. So Castiel heals, heals her. Um, and once again, we we get the repeated insistence of every angel that he meets telling Castiel that they want him to be their leader. Um, and they want him to fight against, to lead the rebellion against Metatron. Um, Castiel affirms once again no <laughs> he, i don't want to do that a negative i don't want to do that but he says he does say that he will 
go after Metatron. Like he's he's dead set on going after Metatron, but he's not going to be anybody's leader because that doesn't work out for Castiel. Uh, and I think that he's still like that's that's the best position for him to take. Yes, he he is cautious of his own abilities to lead and the consequences of of those things. You know, putting people under his leadership has has caused nothing but problems for him in the past and problems for other people. And Castiel is fully aware of that. But that doesn't mean that he's like I'm not going to be in the fight anymore. I'm not going to go wander and and just step out of this fight altogether because I'm worried about getting people hurt. He's just like no, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do this alone. Um, because I I still have a dog in this fight. I still have ways that I can help, but I don't feel as though I will be able to help as a leader. And and interestingly, I like this because Castiel, the times that he has been a leader have ended in complete disaster for, in most cases. Like he's either gotten a bunch of angels killed, he's let out the Leviathans. Um, you know, he's he's not been good as a, as a leader in the past, which is not to take anything away from Castiel, but like having that history there like gives him a reason to be hesitant of like, hey, I am not the man for the job. Like I've tried this twice and it fucked it up both times. Like you need we need to find somebody else to to lead the angels. It can't be me. Right. Um, so back at his motel room, he calls, <laughs> he calls the boys to let them know like, Hey, pretty sure Gadriel is like leading people places, luring, luring angels into these situations, trying to recruit for Metatron. He's, um, and spe- back at it again. Specifically that Metatron, he mentions that Metatron is the one that was responsible for, uh, having Gadriel kill Kevin. Like that was, uh, yes. that was his way of preventing like, you know, more profits from, from, from knowing what was coming. Um, yeah, I forgot that the, the boys didn't actually know that, um, even though, it, it, I mean... It feels like a oh, small, yeah, I guess, like, dangling plot thread that they, they just wanted yeah. to wrap up a little bit. Like, it didn't take yeah. long, and otherwise, like, I can just see, like, a zillion, like, conversations of, like, well, how did Sam and Dean know if nobody ever... Yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, and this is where they have, I don't know, there's some Dean, about, or some line about, <laughs> about Castiel saying that there's, like, a, um... An honor bar? Is that what he says? It's an honor bar in the motel room? And Castiel says, what's honorable honorable about a bar in a motel room? And Dean says, everything. And then we have the longest, most tense moment of silence that we've ever had. Just a a dot, 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 dot. How are you, Dean? (laughs) (laughs) But let's not, I mean, you got the voice, but like Castiel's smile when he hears Dean's voice in this is like the biggest... Like it's 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 very rare, rare that I would describe somebody as um, a smile blossoming on their face, but ah. this is this is the way that I would describe this, right? Like he just looks so happy, it's so adorable and cute when he hears Dean, and he's like, "How are you, Dean? I missed yeah. you, bud." Uh, and Sam's like, "Oh, word! I guess I'll just fucking hang up then." Yeah, yeah, I'm the one holding the phone for this like flirt off that you guys are going through right now. Like I've got you on speaker on my. You're eating up my minutes, Cass. Okay, yeah, you can call eating- Dean direct. I've only got nine. I- thousand minutes and you've spent 800 yeah. of them already <laughs> i gotta get back on the horn with carlos you're you're sitting here using my minutes to flirt with each other where's carlos <laughs> carlos where <laughs> can somebody get carlos on the phone please <laughs> Uh, I do want to mention too that during this phone call, uh, when Castiel is describing this this Anokian sigil, uh, he does he does manage to text it to to Sam so that they can take a look at it. And there's this moment, and I only point this out because, and I think listeners probably know this now. Like I really enjoy like bad computer usage on TV shows. Like he texted to to sam and sam sits down at his laptop which is running two separate like vim screens like with rolling code on one side and then the picture just <laughs> pops up in the middle and like windows uh. media player and i'm like oh god this is so good i love this oh man so good 
Um, so, so they, yeah, go ahead. Sam, uh, so he starts searching the symbol and finds out that it's been at the scenes of multiple homicides. And uh, they very quickly put together the pattern of going, like it's going north um, to these major cities in, uh, I don't know that I actually wrote down the town that they're in. Um, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. But they say that there could be two potential cities um, that they that Gadrill could hit next. So they're going to split up. Castiel is going to go find one, and they're going to go do this. They're going to go to Ogden. Um, and when they hang up, we go back over to Castiel's shitty hotel room, and the lights start flickering. Um, uh oh! But we don't haunted. have time to deal with that. Of all the of all the motel rooms to stay in, he chose a haunted one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam and Dean say, "Like Ogden, do you remember?" Do you remember that guy that used to help us? You remember Carlos? Carlos from Ogden? <laughs> Just a quick, it's, not, it was, it's not the same Carlos, but God, what if not. it would have been? Um, oh, and I thought that we were going to actually see like a cameo, but I don't think I don't think we've ever seen this guy before. No, no, I thought this was going to be some, like you know, I mean, bring back Pete, right? Like this would be perfect. Right. Uh, you know, Brick Holmes well, is alive again, everybody. Like it could have been right. anybody. Uh, it could have been. Uh, it could have been Trish. What was her name? <laughs> Trisha, I think Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. Tracy. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope people are amused by us forgetting things on a podcast as much as you and I are. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be really. It's gotta be really pleasant to listen to. Sure. Yeah. Um, we find Gadriel uh, walking into a. Uh, I, I call these head shops. Um, people have told me in the past that that's not what like a common name for these things. So I don't. I don't know what you you would call them. Do you refer to these as head shops? I don't even know what you're talking about. It's um, like a it's like a weed store. Like you go get your patchouli and your bongs oh, and your you oh. know your 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 pipe filters. We always called them. You know, shops, I, so I I guess I don't I don't have a, a a name for those. We had like named ones, like with actual like like place names. Like I mean, all of them have names. Yeah, yeah. There are places right. of business. <laughs> but that's how my like my friends would like refer to them. Was just like by the name of the actual store. Oh um, yeah. But yeah. I don't think they had like a generalized term for them all get your weed by yourself like they call them down here is that interesting <laughs> it's not true i'm just making shit oh. up now. <laughs> um but he walks into this into this head shop uh and says that there's hunter markings on the outside this dude is a complete stoner guy i don't know that we ever actually learn his name or anything but I, this is i couldn't tell if he was like actually like with the hunters or if he was just like selling like hippie new agey shit yeah selling selling fucking crystals and shit um and, and Gad, oh, we missed an important thing about the the angel spell, um, or the sigil is the fact that it is a spell and requires griffin feathers and fairy dust. I think, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, or like, yeah, like an angel bone or whatever. Yeah, griffin feathers and fairy bones. There it is. Uh, yeah. So that's what Gadriel walks in. Gadriel is is it you know in his Tamo um, hunk adjacent body, and um. Tamo, I think I said that wrong in the last podcast and somebody corrected me, but he's looking for Griffin Feathers and this guy responds, uh, this ain't Diagon Alley, man. And I was like, wow, full on oh, Harry Potter references. Do I look like freaking Hagrid, man? We, uh, we got back to Castiel, whose lights continue to flicker and whose TV turns on and Casa Erotica number 14 uh, starts up. Mm-hmm. And we find a, a very beautiful woman uh, doing writing some erotic fiction when who knocks at the door but our old fan friend Gabrielle, uh, who we thought um, to be dead and is yeah. a fan favorite in the show. I love this dude. I love the actor. I love the character. But I, I fucking groaned when he showed up. I was like, what are we doing? I, how what long doing? did you remember that this was a fake? Uh, no. So I was like, what the fuck? How, how many times are you going to kill a character? 
and and then just keep having them brought. It's like it's different when Sam and Dean die and they go to hell, and then somebody like goes jumps through some hoop to get them back to life. And there's a, it's an actual plot thing where they where they get them back, and not just like, hey, guess what? I wasn't really dead because I tricked you again. Um, fool me once, you know, shame on you. Fool me twice. All right, third three times. This is too much. Now now you're wasting my time. And I I feel like. Gabriel up to this point has been extremely funny. Uh, I, I thought like all of the, I thought he was hitting on all cylinders the last few times we've seen him, especially because up till this point, he's been bigger than what the boys are currently dealing with. Like when we find out um, he's not just like this weird trickster, he's also an angel. And then we find out he's not just an angel. He's an archangel. When we go fight all the gods and kill like everybody's God in this universe, except for the Christian God. Um, but now he's, he's been kind of diminished, diminished. He's been hiding out in heaven. Um, he says he's been watching Downton Abbey because it's 2014 and that's about a year after everybody got real into Downton Abbey. Um, but when the angels all got expelled, he got expelled and, uh, he's not quote juiced up as he used to be. So he's, and he knows Metatron is, is, is chasing him, um, because he's been using the horn of Gabriel, uh, which just, boy, my dirty mind just wants to take that down a path, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do it, Chris. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. I mean, he does appear in Casa Erotica, so it's not yeah. really your fault. Um, um, I guess the idea of uh, of the the horn of <laughs> the horn of Gabriel being used is interesting because it's something that's meant to to rally angels, and um, it's probably something that is actually in like angel mythology. So they're drawing back on that stuff, which is interesting. It's it's an element that they they left out the first time that they ran through with this character. Um, and I, I don't hate them for doing it, and I don't hate the fact that somebody could could take something like that and um, use it uh, for uh, evil ends, I guess. Although, when, when the weapons of heaven were stolen, was this one of them? Who, who knows? I mean, it doesn't matter. Who knows? I totally <laughs> forgot that was like a subplot. In that was a, that was a subplot, yeah, because it was that one dude that everybody likes that wore v-neck shirts that I don't like, and I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must be what it's like to not like Sam. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, um, oh. Oh. <laughs> So Gabriel says he wants to kill Metatron and they're going to team up. Uh, Sam and Dean show up at this head shop. They find the door open and they start looking around. They find an empty box of feathers and uh, their, their old buddy, Carlos, Carlos number two, as they call him because they yeah, have so Carlos many friends. Here. Um, but they find him with his eyes burned out, like hung up on a door. Yeah. Um, Castile calls Dean. He's kinda, and he's dead. And he's dead. Yeah, we should, we should mention that too, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> R.I.P. Carlos number two. You were a real one. We guess. We didn't really see a lot of you. So uh, Just wasn't sure if uh, hung and eyes burned out was you know clear enough. Let me ask you a question. If you had the opportunity to guest star on Supernatural, as a, uh-huh. and, and you were you were an aspiring actor. It's not like we're, we're just podcasters who were terrified to put ourselves on television or anything. Uh, you were an aspiring actor. Would you agree to it under the condition that your one line on the show was, this ain't Diagon Alley, man? <laughs> like, 100%. Like, yeah, you would, you would still do you'll, it. You'll get asked, yeah, I would do, and I would do it in baked voice too. This ain't Diagon Alley, man. What if you had to do it in Kermit's voice? Uh, <laughs> uh, um, this ain't Diagon Alley, man. That's not Kermit's voice. What is that? What is that? What is that? Put it away. <laughs> this ain't Diagon Alley, man. Don't. Who let that thing out? Put it away. Go back to Deadwood where you belong. Get him out of here. <laughs> Kirby. No. Oh, shit. That's funny. Um, we Guardian Leviosa, man. 
All right. <sighs> so Castiel calls calls Dean. Uh, Gabriel grabs the phone. It's like, hey, you you shouldn't talk on the phone while driving. Um, and starts like saying all of this all of this stuff to to Dean that I didn't even bother to write down. It's just a bunch of jokes, right? Like I don't think there was anything important in here besides, hey, I'm alive. Right. Yeah. Like, was there anything important in this phone call that I just didn't note down that I'm not remembering, or is that it? Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. I, I don't think so. All right. Good work, everybody. Good work, team. Good work, team free will. Um, yeah. They hang up, and Castiel and Gabriel have this conversation, and Gabriel basically says, like, all of the angels are sheep. They're drones. They're not like you and I. We're rebels. Uh, I'm going to be the leader that the angels need, and I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to run away from Metatron anymore. I'm I'm going to lead. Uh, and then he, in the car, the camera goes to the passenger side outside of the window. Gabriel turns and stares directly at the camera. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Maybe that's why this dude isn't funny anymore because he's not, yeah, he's not actually terrible. Gabriel. So they gave him shitty Metatron lines because that's all these are. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, I think this is when I like fully was like off i was off board i checked off of this episode and i i kind of like spiraled from here um this is the second time we've looked directly into the camera this is humor from four seasons ago it isn't funny it really drags down the episode it 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 there's a lot that's happening there's a lot of plot things that are that are moving and getting pushed into motion and it just it, it just gets the life gets sucked out of it by the unfunny nature of it um, he says Castiel, he tells Castiel that they're low on gas. So they, they pull up at the local gas and ship, the most popular gas franchise, gas convenience store franchise in the supernatural universe. Um, as they pull in and they go inside a truck full of angels shows up. I love the fact that these angels are like, they have fallen from heaven and inhabited a bunch of rednecks. And now they're all riding around in the back of pickup trucks. That's really funny to me. And if we can't get wayward sisters, at least let us get redneck angels who have to pretend to be like into fishing and hunting in the the South. Um, How? Yeah, that's (laughs) yes, please. They're the new ghost facers. (laughs) They need to be, be I want this team of fucking nobodies of faceless men and women (laughs) to be the next Mm -hmm. ghost facers. Mm -hmm. Couldn't be any worse, right? Chris. Yeah. Um this is when uh Gabriel is going to make this 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 stand where he's going to he says, I've actually got a little juice left. I I was lying to you earlier. Also I haven't been watching Downton Abbey, uh, which I don't know why I'm even repeating these bad jokes at this point. Uh but (laughs) you run and I will take care of these angels. And Castiel realizes, like, oh wait, this all seems a little weird, and then he notices that his coat is not ripped from the wet pipe factory. So he grabs the angel blade and uh, stabs Gabriel with it, except he doesn't really stab him. It just goes right through. And, wow. Uh, I can't believe it. Gabriel makes a, a sweet, I hate continu- continuity error joke. And we find out that this is Metatron. That sucks, dude. That sucks. It sucks that they did that. It, this just sucks. I hate it. Why did they waste our time? Why? I, you know, I... If you're gonna bring him back, if, exactly, you gotta do it yes, in some meaningful you. way. Yes. You have to. You can't just do it for bad humor because he's a funny dude. Like these jokes didn't have to be bad. Like this didn't have to be unfunny. They could have used him in some way. Yeah. Do you hear know, me, Robbie like, Thompson? Your jokes didn't have to be bad. It just like these just didn't land in any way, shape, or form. Like the funniest thing was him saying, "I lied about watching Downton Abbey." Like, and that's just because it's like what it was just a stupid thing for him to lie about. And it's like, okay, that's that's kind of funny. Um. 
And they, they just wasted him. I mean, even with this Metatron plot, if they wanted to bring Gabriel back, like they could have found a way to do it. But but they didn't. They just they just wanted to put him on screen for fan service, just like showing D- Dean's nipple for the Monster of the Week audience, because they know we want to see those nipples. See They're the just nips. trying to give us what we want, but we don't know what we want. If this podcast is any indication, is that we absolutely don't know what we want out of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I, I agree. Like, I feel like if you're going to bring somebody back, do it with some, a little bit more do with a little bit more intent and emphasis and, and, and bring back the, and highlight the good parts of the reason that you like them. Don't just bring them back to make a much bad Metatron jokes. Um, but Gabriel snaps a lot of snapping going around in the, in in, in 2019. I don't know if you know that or not, but, uh, um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Um, and Castiel is in Metatron's room from, uh, the beginning of the episode. And this time Metatron is sitting in front of him and he repeats the same thing about what is story, uh, who decides what a theme is. Is it the, is it the writer or the, or the reader? And you realize that he wasn't looking at the camera. He was actually looking at Castiel, um, uh, which is actually kind of fine. Like I'm, I'm okay yeah, with that part of it. Like that's, that's little loop back is, is pretty cool. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> And then you know, the like the plot devices that they're like they're doing here, like the the plot itself, it isn't awful. It's not. It's actually not bad at all. There's they're doing some interesting things. Um, you know, Metatron kind of building a rebellion against himself just to to create some sort of legacy of to create some story that will elevate him even further. Like all of this is interesting on its own. I just think the delivery of it all kind of falls flat because they tried to inject humor into it that for whatever reason didn't work. Yeah, and and it's all something that we you've been complaining about since the very first episode, I think, which is like this pop culture thing, which sometimes can be really cool, and other times you can have like a Dal Nabby reference, like five years too late, and it's like okay, okay, whatever. Like, I mean, um, I I I, I honestly at this point I was like getting worn out with Metatron, like they did in the in the previously on in the then segment, like they sh- they showed him talking to Gadriel as he was possessing Sam, and it was like I know who you really are, and I'm like oh god, oh my god, are we gonna have to deal with Metatron again? like marv please i'm I'm done um if if i could just get one thing make one thing clear is just that marv please please we actually chris we skipped a step uh when the angels went to when the angels got out of the when the redneck angels got out of the pickup truck to go attack uh uh castiel uh we actually Uh switched back over to gadriel uh who is getting into his car when he sees like sam winchester uh leaving like leave sneaking around and leaving a message for yeah. Castiel. Uh, Gadriel comes Being huge and, and sneaky. And Gadriel's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> dude, you were seven <laughs> foot. Nine. You're right. Fucking there. Dude. You were eclipsing the moon right now. I can tell where yeah. you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can spot a double brother bluff from a mile away, but clearly Gadriel, even though he was inside of Sam still can't recognize it. I He's love, just like, what I happened? What happened to the moonlight? And he goes, Oh, <laughs> I love it. I fucking love that they get him with the double brother bluff, even though he has literally been inside of Sam Winchester for like, like this nine months. It felt like, um, I think it's cause kind of, cause Gadriel is just sort of a dumb, dumb baby boy. Um, yes, absolutely. He's, he's, he's got, he's, a, he's got a uh, dumb, dumb baby boy brain. And he is just like, what is that over there? It is eclipsed <laughs> the moonlight. Oh, it is Sam Winchester. I should go over there and see what is going on. He talks like a pawn from Dragon's Dogma, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, master, the stairs. Else I've seen these stairs before. Mm. I have seen that man before. Oh, it is a Winchester. 
I liked this guy at first. What happened? I don't know, man. I don't. It's, it's been it's been a weird weird time. Uh, all that stuff with Castiel happens. Uh, I guess they they do get him in an angel circle, so they capture him. All that yeah. stuff with Castiel happens, and then uh, we go back over and they've tied him up in a chair with angel stuff. I guess like yeah, these are probably sure. those like weird cuffs that they had Crowley on, like just whatever uh, whatever props could get us by. Um, but. Uh, he says he kind of like lays into uh, Sam saying that he's seen the inside of him and his insides reek of shame and weakness. And it makes Sam lose control for a bit. And Sam just like clocks the motherfucker. And of course, like Dean pulls him off. Yeah. Uh, to, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, D, like I just personally thought Sam was kind of over all that shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it seems like Sam has come a long way in season nine. Like, I feel like the Sam, like the rawness of some of this stuff seems like it would have gone away. But the only thing I can, I'll give it credit because like, this is his first time seeing Gadriel since the Kevin incident, right? Like right, this is, this is the of target course. of his, of his revenge or was for so long that like, he can't help himself, but to respond to this guy. I, I really mu- like, I like Sam's role now that the, the, the brother drama is kind of taking a backseat a little bit. I like Sam's role in this as just like the steadfast hunter trying to get shit done while Dean is, uh, kind of grappling with his situation. Um, I like I like me a good, reliable Sam, you know, and that's kind of what he's been for for some of this. I mean, at least in the last episode where he was off doing a hunt, you know, gathering inf- information about Abaddon while Dean is off with Crowley. I I like that part of Sam. I don't always need to him him to be like the tragic hero drinking demon blood, um, and going on revenge quests. I love that shit, but I don't always need that. And I really liked Sam last episode. So seeing him kind of like slip here a little bit. Not that it's not totally, you know, justified or anything like that, but it it just surprised me that he yeah. that he could be goaded in that way to the fact that I almost thought he's playing it up, but he's not. There's no like twist here. You know, it's just him just getting really mad. And again, yeah, it, it makes sense, but it still surprised me. Um, we go back over to Metatron, who stops the record player, um uh starts this very lengthy villain monologue uh, that I don't particularly care for very much. Um, but he starts out with a pretty like pretty buried Sherlock Holmes reference, which of course like Castiel doesn't get. And then he, um, he does this thing where he puts his finger on Sam's head and gives Castiel, excuse me, not Sam Castiel, uh, Castiel's head and gives Castiel every movie book and story that Metatron has ever consumed. So now mm-hmm. he can get this, all um, of the pop culture references that Metatron is planning on making, which this just hurts me on, on many <laughs> levels. I, I know I've told this story before, but I was at a, uh, I was at a Renaissance fair and a, a friend of a friend kept making, um, Dr. Who references to me. And it was really, it was just so ignorant of my desires <laughs> where he just kept making these jokes and I said sorry man I haven't seen I haven't seen that show and then he would go on to explain it and then would make more jokes and I go like dude like you're barking up not, the wrong tree it's like not it's not going to be yeah, it's I'm not going to be funny to me uh, and then I later heard him talk somebody's ear off about Mass Effect and and the person was like I haven't played that game man I'm sorry and he just went oh well it's a video game blah blah blah, blah. and then okay <laughs> all right man dude, if you don't. insist and that's what this reminded me of of like oh you don't get the cultural reference i made i'll explain it for you so the next time that i do it you'll think it's funny instead of just you know maybe making jokes about something else or or something that we can relate on uh, or asking you what you're into i'm just going to insist that you know about doctor who now uh, or just having a normal goddamn conversation without bringing uh-huh. fucking media into it at all it's, right it sucked it hurt me 
and it made me hate Metatron. So now I fucking hope that somebody takes this motherfucker down. I will. I will say this is a setup for a pretty, a pretty good, good joke at the end of this episode, though. Mm-hmm. Like that, I actually dug. Um, so Metatron gives them this knowledge, which of course lets uh, Castiel understand the point he was making, which I don't remember, and it doesn't matter that much because Metatron is is kind of like a, a pretty basic character at this point. He says he told Gadriel to kill all the angels, uh, leaving one alive, so that eventually he could find Castiel, so that Castiel could could lead. Um, he wants Castiel uh, to 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 learn this lesson, to to learn that he's not the hero of the story, that he he wants Castiel to be the villain and for Metatron to be the hero. Um, which is, uh, you mentioned this earlier, like setting up this like fake plan for these angels to rebel against him so that all of the other angels will, that it'll more, it'll basically strengthen his position in heaven, right? I think that's actually mm-hmm. kind of a dope plan. Like, I think, I think I'm liking what he's doing here. Absolutely. I think this is a super good idea. Um, yeah, he's he's creating the opposition. He's creating the villain to disguise the fact that he's actually the villain. Uh, you make the other guy seem way worse than you are, and then suddenly people are going to support you. And be like, hey, that Metatron guy, he's not so bad because I've been fed all these lies about Castiel, and I uh, I'll believe that he's actually evil because he's messed up before. Blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, this is this is an interesting little twist for our villain to have here. Yeah, and he's also so confident in his own power that he's like, yeah, I mean, I you, you can't do anything, and it'll just make me look good. So yeah. that's all I need is for you to make me look good. I feel like telling Castiel this is maybe the wrong way to go about it. Yeah, may, yeah maybe not. <laughs> maybe best. not. Tell yeah. the, you can let the viewer know, but you didn't have to tell Cass. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe put your finger on his forehead and make him forget this conversation ever happened, um, and also all of that other stuff too. Yeah, but then he might not remember Sherlock Holmes. Oh God, forbid. Oh. So we go back over to Sam and Dean, who are having this conversation about Gadriel. Uh, Dean basically says, like, yo, Sam, you were way too close to this, and we have to have Castiel to be able to get any information out of this dude. Castiel's not answering his phone. I've tracked his GPS to whatever town it's in. You go get Castiel. I will stay here. And, like, eventually gets Sam to agree to do this. So Sam disappears. Dean walks over to Gadriel, and Gadriel's like, oh, you're doing, like, the whole good cop, bad cop thing. And Dean's like, nah, man. I don't give a shit if you talk. Like, I'm just here to make you pay for Kevin and starts pers- and proceeds to like beat the shit out of him, which is kind of good. <laughs> like I kind of, I know Dean's been going down a dark path and obviously the, this Mark thing is going to be causing some issues and it's probably already affecting his judgment a bit. Uh, like they kind of hinted at at the beginning of the episode with him staring at himself. And then in the last episode where Castiel like literally says, you're basically like the murderous Kane and just like him and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, obviously this is this is affecting Dean, right? Like this is this is a the the, the mark is affecting Dean, and like he doesn't give a shit. But he just like starts kind of wailing on on Gadriel, and I'm here for it, my man. Like I, yeah. I feel like this dude deserves it. Yeah. Um. They made a solemn pact, Dean. Going back to everything we've talked about with this season, Dean knew what he was doing, taking away um Sam's kind of free will and and violating his consent in this matter. Uh, Dean knew what he was doing was wrong, but he did it because he believed that in the end, everything would be okay. He, like, really, he went out on a limb to trust this dude, and that was because, you know, he had Castiel's word on it, and we believed that he was Ezekiel, and, you know, he was misled. Um, but he believed that it would be okay, and in the end, this this would be worth it. Even though Sam would be pissed, it would be okay, he'd be healed, and that would be that, and and we'd be we'd be done with this. And everything backfired on him, and it was all down to this dude not being who he said he was and um and metatron and whatever and 
Now with this new power and fury kind of pumping through Dean, I don't blame him at all for wanting to unleash some of that on this dude. Can you um can you believe we have so much left in this episode? Like for for as many problems as I have with it, it is a very meaty episode. <laughs> like there's a lot of things going on here. Like we go back over to Metatron and we find out like he not only like should he's trying to get Castiel to do this so that he can succeed, but he's also like throwing out a sweet treat of like, oh, you get to you get to have a place in heaven. And uh, that grace that you're using, which I can tell is wearing out, by the way, is I'll give you infinite grace. And, you know, <clears throat> you can have you can have anything that you want to. And then, of course, this is when Metatron's like assistant breaks in and is like, hey, Metatron, I'm sorry to interrupt your weird angel machinations right now. But uh, Gadriel is in trouble. <laughs> yeah. OK, cool. OK. Great. Um, yeah, I think it was around this point that I, that I checked the time left in the episode, and there was 20 minutes left, and or, you know, maybe it was a little bit earlier than this, and I thought that nothing worse has ever happened to me before. Um, <laughs> and there was a moment later on where I was like, well, it's over. At least the episode's over, and I checked, and there was eight minutes left, and I just thought, I don't, I, you know. <laughs> maybe there's a preview it? at the end of this. <laughs> Is this it for me? Like, what am I supposed to do from here, knowing that I have to sit through eight more minutes of this? Um, so we get back over to Dean, who is, who is slicing Gadriel up with the angel blade. Uh, Gadriel attempts to do the same trick. Like he wants to rile Dean up enough so that he will kill him. So that he doesn't, he's not able to give any information on Metatron's plans, uh, to do this. He says that he was inside Sam and he saw what Sam, uh, thinks about him now, but also has always thought about him and that he was a scared little boy and a coward and that he was someone that, you know, Sam was always going to have to help. Uh, and he just keeps going down this until the point where Dean like grabs the knife and like is almost about to stab this dude before he realizes like, oh, this is what this is what you want me to do. And I would rather let you rot in these chains until you until like the end of time. Like that's a worse yeah. punishment than, than yeah. actually killing you. Dean is like, he, Sam says all this shit to me like every morning when we wake up anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> this is Sam's aim away message yeah. is you're a scared yeah. little boy and a coward, Dean. Yeah. Every it's time it's, I log into my ICQ, is this is what I have to see. Uh-oh! <laughs> Sam's online. Sam, I'm a scared little boy and a coward. Yeah. Sam, Sam's a fucking dickhead, all right? So say what you want. I'm used to it. Uh, uh, Sam um finds Castiel's phone and Castiel's serial killer wall but does not find Castiel. Um Metatron appears in the hotel room and says, "Hey, you've got something I want. I've got something you want. Uh meet me here, bring Gadriel or Castiel will die." Um Dean who has been staring like moodily in the mirror and like almost like working himself up a little bit. You can kind of like you can see he's getting angrier and angrier. He grabs the blade and like walks back out, uh, which is where the scene cuts. And then we see Sam entering the wet pipe factory that they've locked this angel up in, but finding the seat, the chair that Gadriel was Gadriel was in empty and knocked over and finds the two of them, uh, both extremely bloody and Dean kind of fucked up and out of it. Right. Mm hmm. Um, it, it's been pretty extreme. Clearly some shit has gone down. What did he actually do though? Did he just carve the dude up a little bit? I don't know. I guess. Um, I was kind of expecting more out of this, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, this is, this is where I I think I was just begging for it all to stop. Um, let's see. (laughs) 
Let's see. So Sam rolls back up on the damp lamp emporium and he sees Dean with bloody knuckles on the ground. <laughs> damp uh, lamp sh- emporium. Very good. With the shit beat out of Gadriel. He didn't kill him, but he's clearly fucked up by what the blade is doing. Okay, that's what I wrote. Is that yeah, he, yeah. D- Dean is he's he's shook by the the effect that the blade is having on him. Um. Okay. So uh, he tells Dean about the uh, about the deal. It's like, of course, we we got to use this. Like, we'll we'll trap Metatron, and uh, we jump ahead a day where they're chilling in the parking lot. Uh, Metatron just shows up. He's late, and he's like, "Of course, I know about your trap. Like, go ahead and turn it on." And they light up this circle around him. We use an angel fire, and he like pretends in a really hammy way to be hurt or whatever, which is not what angels do in this thing. So that doesn't make any sense either. But whatever. And then eventually, just like puts it out, and then he opens the trunk and literally like the angel, uh, the Nokian like sigils that they had put on the inside of the trunk top. Uh, he just like waves his hand, and those scatter off. And then he lifts up Gadriel, throws him a car that is pulled up, and then Castiel gets out and. Uh, like that's that's it like he's showing off some powers that we have not seen metatron do up to this point right like this is like reality yeah, now manipulation he, now he can on, on a suddenly, grand scale yeah right he can suddenly erase chalk lines and um put out <laughs> he is strong he is as strong yeah. as a high pressure water hose when it comes to yeah. chalk lines on the um, inside of a truck but he's clearly he's achieved something beyond even an archangel in terms of power if he's able to just get out of that that fire without issue mm-hmm um, they ask him why he's doing this, and Metatron says, "I'm doing it because you you can't stop me." But it is it is a it is extremely. I, I want to watch you try, and then he just like snaps his finger or whatever, and they disappear. Like, okay, cool, sick. Thanks, I, um, thanks for giving us a real reason, man. This is definitely felt like the end of the episode, and this was where, after this next scene, which I kind of like, is where I was like, "Oh man, really? You guys are really gonna like belabor the point here." Um, but this scene is actually pretty good. This is Sam, Dean and Cass. Um, what feels like hours later, cause it's night now, uh, just finally getting together to talk. Uh, and Castiel tells him he's playing God and Sam's like, no, Metatron is God. Like you saw what he did. And Dean's like, well, if he's God, let's sneak into heaven to kill him. And Sam's like, you really want to go all death star. And Castiel's like, I don't understand how sneaking into a portable space station will really help in this situation. Like, I don't understand how it applies. And I'm like, you got a star Wars reference. And he's like, of course I did, but I don't understand how it applies here. What, yeah. I, really, I actually kind of like this. Like the fact that he now understands it, but can't apply things is yeah, really funny. He gets, to me. he gets the, uh, the reference, but not the metaphor. Exactly. Yeah. That's that. That's the funniest thing in this episode to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, wow. It's delivered by Misha Collins. Somebody who's actually fucking funny. True. I, absolutely true. <laughs> Um, Castiel, having not been in Dean's presence, since he got the mark of Cain, like senses his presence and is like, man, you're really worrying that mark. (laughs) Yeah. And he's kind of super disappointed. Uh, and Dean blows it off and like just walks away and he's like, you need to watch him. Castiel says to Sam, like, you really need to watch over him. And, uh, for some reason, and I don't really understand that the boys get in their car and just drive away without Castiel. Like I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know why that he just keeps not getting invited. Like, there's no reason anymore. Like, I mean, Gadriel like, isn't there. He like, can he just can come, come back at the bunker. <laughs> like, they, they need all the hands they can get. Like, they need Castiel around. What is absolutely what is no Castiel reason. doing if he's not helping the boys out with either Abaddon or Metatron? Like, these are their two t- priorities right now. Like, what side quest is he on at this point that is more important than Abaddon and Metatron? It's just it it. 
no, somebody's going to have to give me a serious explanation as to why Castiel didn't go with them. Because I think at the end of this, when is, isn't this where he decides, okay, I'll be the leader, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But we didn't get that yet. <laughs> so what, is he just going to go back to his shitty motel room? His shitty haunted motel room? I know the lights were flickering because of Casa Erotica and because of Metatron's schemes, but I'm still going to pretend he's staying at a haunted motel. I mean, that's 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 the better explanation because you don't have to answer the question of like, why didn't Gabriel like shatter all of the lights when he appeared in this room? Right. Like, which right. is what we usually see when angels show up. Um, but before we get to the end of this episode, we have to go through a bunch of more Metatron bullshit. Um, Gadriel gets in, gets back to Metatron's office and says that the door to heaven, which uh, is our first clue that this is a physical thing that he can move people into and out of, uh, is secure. So obviously, like we're going to be looking for that door to heaven pretty soon. And uh, Metatron is like, yeah, you know, this didn't go out. This didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to, but that was God's problem. Is he he went with the first draft? Uh, draft. What I'm going to do is keep rewriting it until all of my ducks are in a row. Um, even though he says he didn't know that Gadriel was going to be kidnapped, uh, he says that it's his job um, to set up interesting characters and see where they lead you. Uh, but he knows something that nobody else does. He knows the ending and quote how I get there doesn't matter as long as everyone plays their part, which is kind of a um, what is the word that I'm looking for? Like a, a statement that disagrees with itself. What is that word? An oxymoron. It's, it's kind of an oxymoron, right? Like I know how this is all going to end, but I'm just going to set up these characters and let them lead me to the thing that I know is going to happen. Like none of this makes a lot of sense to me as, as far as yeah. the villain speech yeah. goes. Where, where um, are you at on this? Yeah. He's just trying to give like cool writer advice, but like he's a villain. <laughs> we don't need like writer advice about like how they're struggling with, with, season nine because they've have all these plot threads and none of it matters um i i just i didn't i don't need them to be putting that on me as a viewer like just let me watch the episode i want to feel like you know what you're doing don't tell me that you don't know what you're doing we're close to the end of the season please like just just let me believe the lie well and it's and it's he's implying that you know, God was, was writing stuff down to, to create prophecy, right? Like that's the implication Mm -hmm. here. Now he is taking over that job and he is going to continue to rewrite prophecy until he gets the result that he wants, which like, I I just don't like that. Like I, I like the idea of Chuck as a prophet or as somebody that could hear what was going to happen even if it happened a little even if he heard it before it happened because Mm -hmm. then that's just like reading the lines but if if metatron is altering the lines that just really rubs me the wrong way yeah the only thing that i can say that came out that good out of this is that he says oh he he wasn't expecting gadriel to be captured um and like oh that's okay you know it doesn't matter how we get there as long as we get there but it it leads me to believe that he isn't actually all-knowing there are still things that work um that he doesn't know about and if he keeps believing that he's all-knowing and all-powerful that's going to be his downfall because the winchesters always find a way and i mean we need to keep in mind that he's also not god right like he doesn't have the full abilities uh, even though he's kind of seeming to gain more and more power as time goes um gadriel leaves metatron puts on some jams and starts writing uh we go back to sam and dean in the car and sam like given Dean the I'm a very worried about you look, but they don't actually like talk or anything. Um, while this music is playing, Castiel enters his hotel room and um, the song is like something about loneliness. I'll have to look up the actual song name here in a minute, but like it's there's someone singing about loneliness as Castiel tears down a serial killer wall and uh, writes, uses this Enochian symbol 
to summon a bunch of angels to his door and walks out to be their leader. And as he's doing that, Metatron types, uh, you know, God watched over them all, smiling at his good works, um, implying that he's his plan worked. That's what he wanted to do in the first place was has Kaftiel take over as the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really like that line from Metatron at the end. Once again, it rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but I, I can't say that I was disappointed to see Castiel making a decision, even though I, I feel like he should have continued to, to resist this. It's like, okay, whatever. It, it was inevitable that people would look to cast to be their leader. Like he should just be still hanging out with, with Sam and Dean. Like that's, that's what I think should be happening. But, um, they're setting up interesting stuff here. Castiel, like, I don't know if, if Metatron, I don't think he wiped his memory, so I think he just remembers everything that he told him. Um, and uh, he he knows that this is what Metatron wants, but if he's determined to, you know, play into it and overcome it still, I, I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. But um, yeah, all Metatron's shtick here really, really was, was rubbing me the wrong way. And like the the kernel of this plan is good, like we mentioned, like setting yourself up to be a hero by having the normal hero play the villain and rebel against you and allowing you to, you know, allowing you to see what the show your followers like, look, this dude's out there sacrificing angels to, to remove me from my position. He wouldn't be doing that if I wasn't doing something right. I dig that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the way that this episode is executed just leaves me really, really cold. The just the the pop up of Gabriel and then pop out of Gabriel like it didn't even really matter. Like I love to see that dude. I like that guy a lot, and I I want to see him be better in the show. Like if he's going to come back at all, I don't want to see him like this. Um, but you know, a lot of it just was like in a weird way. It was almost like treading water for Sam and Dean. Like Sam and Dean are no further. I guess now they know that there's probably a portal to hell, and they've got this like kind of plan together. And they know a little bit more about Metatron and his plans, but I don't know, man. Like it's just it, this episode really rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like it very much. Yeah. Um, last episode with Dean's like further descent towards the you know influence of the Mark and like with Crowley, that stuff was really interesting. Um, and Sam uncovering the bit about Abaddon collecting human souls and and you know twisting them and all that stuff like that was really interesting. And it just seems like that that's where this was going that's what we were building to and it was exciting and it felt like things were starting to get back on track um and it started to feel like the distance created between the brothers was actually going to start paying off because now not only do they have their their personal differences and their personal argument because of everything that happened but now dean is like pushing sam away even more and um that's going to just create this this void that's going to be filled with the power of the mark presumably so they're just, they set up a lot of interesting stuff and then they put it on the back burner for this episode. Let us deal with Metatron. Like, I know he's been there and I know we have to come back to it, but this just didn't feel like the way to come back to it. I don't know. Yeah. Not a, not a great episode overall. Um, I'm curious what our, what our listeners are going to think about this episode. I feel like, I feel like this is a popular episode, probably specifically because Gabriel comes back and also it's kind mm-hmm. of a, a lore dump and it's, it's like more meta plot if you forgive the pun than, than we've gotten in, in some time. So uh, I'll be curious if, uh, if you think that we're wrong, you can go to monster the cool slash contact and write it in and we'll talk about your opinions on the air and our feedback mm-hmm. episode, which come out at the end of the season. So definitely do that. Um, Thank you to all of the patrons out there at patreon.com slash monster of the week for supporting the show directly. We really appreciate it. Uh, check out our new podcast called thinking face. You can find that on 
Apple Podcast, iTunes, all of those various good places where Chris and I are inventing just a crazy amount of lore for each individual emoji three to five minutes at a time. <laughs> so please, please go check that out. We yeah, really, check that out. It's, it's a lot of fun and it's short. It's three to five minutes. It comes out three times a week. Like a, it's like 30 minutes of your day max per week. It's not that yeah, much. You, you can listen um, to it while you're taking a dump real quick. Yeah. Just, just, just push <laughs> one out, put on some thinking face and you'll be good. I'm never going to say push one out again. That was terrible. Uh, Chris, where are you at on the internet nowadays? I'm at local bones on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can talk to the podcast at MOTWcast. You can find links to all of that, including our cool Smanford University merchandise over at monsteroftheweek.cool. Next week, um, after we do, after we've been dealing with Abaddon and Metatron, the preview for next week's episode is Sheriff Mills try to save, tries to save a young girl from a vampire nest. So, okay. Heavy on the meta plot, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. How many episodes do we even have left in this season? <laughs> like, not many, my dude. Not All many. right. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. I'm looking forward to that episode, but like we're running out of time. It took the clock a second. Yeah, I guess that's 19, and we're going to 23 this season, so we still have four or five episodes. Yeah. But I mean, like it's that one, and then it's Bloodlines after that. So and we all know about Bloodlines. So. Uh huh. Um. Oh, wait. 125. Jess was texting me to let me know they were trying to get her to work this Sunday night overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, oh fuck that! <laughs> I was like, uh, you gotta say no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will watch this shit without you, girl. I am not afraid. Yeah. Right, <laughs> but she was able. She was able to get out of it. Um, I was like, dude, it's the last episode of Game of Thrones. Like, how are you gonna play like that? My friend invited me over to like. His, it's actually Dylan's roommate invited me over because he was like, yo, like we kind of started watching the show together. So like, should we finish it together? I'm like, I like the idea of that. That's like sentimental and it's a it's a fun idea. But also like, are you gonna talk during it? Do you have yep. a good TV? Like. <laughs> I, uh, Him and I don't, his um, do not need you to be speaking during Game of Thrones, yeah. my friend. I think it was before my dad watched it. Um, that this so this was almost what seven years ago now. Um, that yeah, this this friend would come over and, and watch Game of Thrones. I had to like kick my dad out of the living room, and uh, we would <laughs> we would watch it. And then like for season two, he started inviting his um his brother and his brother's wife and then they had a baby and they started just bringing the baby to game of thrones so it was this like weird thing where like more and more people every episode would show up at my house to watch game of thrones um and then that you know that that obviously changed as uh, people moved and everything but it was a it was an interesting time (laughs) yeah i was thinking about trying to like commandeer autumn's dad's tv sunday night but it's just it's just not worth the like time and energy Mm -hmm. it would take Mm -hmm. just watch it the next night and keep your head out of the internet yep that's going to be the plan. Oh, hello. Any, uh, there any thick bitches in here tonight? Oh, I couldn't. I didn't hear hey, what you said. Um, I was watching the Final Fantasy VII trailer. It's close. I, I'm not going to repeat it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can just rewind. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I know what it is. I was recording. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want you to, though, because okay. I didn't record it. <laughs> okay. I understand. Um... What are we doing? What are we recording right now? Supernatural. Okay. Meta motherfucking fiction. Well, I know that, but I didn't know if we were doing Thick and Face first. 
we we can probably knock like three of those out after the words and then be done. It won't take long. Yeah, I'm about to knock you out if you don't drop the attitude. Whoa! What is this? What is, what is this dude? Did you turn into a team? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, watching that Final Fantasy trailer just turned me back into a teenager. You weren't a teenager when Final Fantasy VII came out. No, but I played yeah. it when I was like 12 or 13, so, you know, basically a teenager. 13, 13 is barely a teenager, and 12 is just a poser. Yeah, 12 is a preteen, in fact. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What's been happening, my man? Because it took me like 11 years to beat each one of these. Nothing's been happening. I talked to you like a day ago, Jeremy. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm playing it for the <laughs> listeners. This is kayfabe, or at least you my know, limited understanding I of what that why. means. <laughs> I don't know what it means, and I don't know why I have such an attitude right now. <laughs> you were you were aggressive right now. Did you fight somebody on the I'm way very home sorry. in that Boston traffic? No, no, Boston traffic certainly does make me unhappy. But well, yeah, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not. No, it is so, definitely not. Anyway, my fault. you fucker. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hey, do you like uh, do you like boats, like ships? As as much as anyone, I guess. <laughs> I started watching this show called The Terror. You ever heard of this? Oh, okay. No, I haven't. It's um, it's an AMC show about these two boats, uh, apparently based on a true story, that left England and uh, sailed into the Arctic with quote the most advanced sailing technology at the time. Which, after watching two episodes, all I can tell oh. is like they have a propeller. <laughs> like that's the. It's like eighteen forty mm-hmm. something. Um. But they get stuck in the ice, and we watched two episodes last night, and it's like the most tense shit that I've ever seen in my life. And of course, of course, even though it's based on real life, like there's some Eskimos and there's some like weird Eskimo mysticism shit popping up. So, kind of into it. Of course, of course, of course. Like if you watch that movie um, Master Commander, and we're like, I want more ghost in this. Like this is probably <laughs> yeah. If you're a big fan of ghost ship, yeah, you're uh, <laughs> the movie that you saw in theaters. <laughs> Wow, making some Discord references, huh? Yeah, making some callbacks. Um, so you—I mean, you ask, you come in asking if I like boats. So you—you yeah. you should have said do you like nautical drama. Oh, excuse, excuse the fuck out of me. I, I can tell this is gonna be a fun podcast tonight with you, whatever weird energy you have going. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. And weird energy is over. Although I, I will just say now, you've cut out like four times already. So we we gotta have some we're gonna have some mishaps. Yeah, I was I was a little worried about that. Let's go ahead and switch to uh, a direct call. Um, okay, because that usually works. It's a little that bit Thursday better. energy. Yeah. I can hear you. Can Whoa. you hear me? There you are. Oh, I didn't do anything. I was the same as before. Man, I'm worried. <laughs> My internet may not just made up. I don't know how far I want to get into this before I call it. Like maybe we should do some thinking faces and then just and then see how it's going from there. <laughs> I don't know what to do. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. We can start with that and, and roll from there. Um, I just want to why it says Trent Reznor is in the chat right now. What's, what's up with that? <laughs> so it shows. Can you explain? Yeah, it shows. Uh, <laughs> it shows different servers, uh, different nicknames. If you're on the servers that you, you share with people, and I'm Trent Reznor on the Dark Insight server, and I. I, I remember uh, guesting on Dark Insight <laughs> and introducing myself as Trent Reznor, and now I don't remember what the joke was though. Like at the time, I had a joke, but. That's very good, though. I think maybe I just listened to a bunch of Nine Inch Nails that day or something. Like, it was something dumb. That joke just paid off right now. Yeah, finally. I've been Trent Reznor for, you know, on Dark Insight for probably 87 years. So. 
<laughs> Finally have this joke. <laughs> Finally. Uh, well, let me pull up my thinking face spreadsheet to see exactly where the fuck we are. Are you prepared to do some of this? Am I cutting out still? Is the yes. more important question? You're cut- you are cutting out a little bit, but... We should we should be able to manage it for for three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's knock this out and then. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I don't know when we can do supernatural again. I guess we could do it uh, Tuesday and just miss the early feed again. Okay. They'll forgive us. Yeah, they're they're real. They're real nice people. They're loyal. They're real ones. They are real ones. I re- I had prepared to literally scream all of the road so far <laughs> so i'll pre- i'll re-prepare on tuesday <laughs> oh wow i'm pretty excited about so i wasn't i wasn't gonna um i wasn't gonna scream the whole thing but there was parts where i was like all right i'm, gonna, I'm just gonna lean into that lead into that bit and do it um mm-hmm. it's probably for the best i'd frighten my grandmother yeah we don't want to fright frighten grandma Moser. that'd be that'd be rude there's a, there's she's got enough to worry about you know what i mean she does have enough to worry about <laughs> Um, oh wow, this is called the white smiling face, and <laughs> that's not good. That's no good. Uh, see, see why we got away uh, with that. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's not is, great. is it like the white guy smiling face that you have you? Um, there used to be a thing on like Tumblr or whatever, just like the face that white people make when you walk by them in a hallway or something. Oh, uh, when describing pre emoji Unicode symbols, white in a character's name uh, refers to the symbol being hollow or outlined. Okay. So, I'm glad we didn't get into a, a whole situation there. Yeah, glad we didn't make this a race thing. <laughs> That's the last thing we need. Yeah, I'm, I'm way, more, way more about class issues than I am race issues right now, anyway. Easier to tackle right now. Certainly, yeah, yeah. Everyone's on this, everyone's poor. <laughs> like, everybody's poor. Right, and everyone hates the rich. <laughs> so, this is a easy side to get. All right, so uh, you're up first if you want to do the thing. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, I texted Autumn that we were just going to do a thinky face, and so I'll probably be done in like 30 minutes. And she said, that sucks because I'm going to be done with your mom in about five. <laughs> oh! <laughs> wow. You cut out through half half of that joke, but it still landed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she probably heard her done with your mom in that's five. How, right? Yeah, that's... that's oh. <laughs> You know, it like does it just it just sucks that I'm so much funnier than both of us. <laughs> it does. It d- does. Imagine being on a podcast <laughs> with her. It's the worst. Did you have a good vacay? Yeah, it was good, relaxing. Um, we drank and we hung out, and we stayed in a really really nice room. Um, we got one day of really really good weather. Which we also just spent drinking and hanging out in the room mostly. Uh, and then one day of really cloudy weather that we went to visit a lighthouse in the beach uh, on. So we didn't really get those uh, trips uh, on the days worked out too great. But, you know, we still had a great time. I'm, um, I'd, I saw a picture of the lighthouse that I think you guys sent. And um, I also sent, I think you posted some pictures of the room that you were in. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was like way nicer than the room that like we we paid a lot of money for in New Orleans. <laughs> so good job. Um, <laughs> but for some reason, I just thought that you guys like Airbnb in a lighthouse, and I thought that was the coolest shit ever. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck? Like, did they go to Maine and these motherfuckers stay in a lighthouse? That is ridiculous. Like, that's a crazy thing to do, and I and I love it. But yeah, apparently those are two. Separate I- <laughs> 
I wish that we <laughs> Airbnb the lighthouse. Yeah, part of the uh, part of the thing is. <laughs> That we have to operate it. Sure, like, yeah, yeah. Ships go astray. <laughs> we had to be. On we get a discount during our vacation. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, we just stayed near a lighthouse. It was down the street from it, and it was um, it was fun because we were actually right down the street, right down the street from a place that we had stayed at. Like my family had stayed at when I was a kid. So I just was like kept creeping by, being like, "Oh yeah, I remember this place." Um. Not that we haven't been by here before, but I, I guess I just hadn't like gone down memory lane that way. So, um. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, we ate a lot and we drank a lot and we watched Game of Thrones and that was really that was important. You know, that was it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh. No. No problems with the hotel Wi-Fi. I was able to get it on my laptop just fine. Good. 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 Um, good, good. So that that was uh that was fun. I don't remember if I told you this, but uh, we were planning on doing that uh for not the most recent episode but the one way before and like mm-hmm. i had a ipad to hdmi adapter thing that we, that like oh, yeah. and i just tried to plug it in it just would not work at all so we were like oh fuck it like let's just go to bed and watch it tomorrow when we get home so yeah um should we enter spoiler territory <laughs> yeah let's talk about some game of thrones i actually have because i'm a foresighted motherfucker uh i have Did like take s- notes seven or eight minutes worth of outtakes from the thinking face episode we recorded the other day so oh. we're gonna ha- we're gonna have some extra outtakes even though your audio won't be super great <clears throat> some preloaded outtakes mm-hmm. okay can't tell from the end of that outtake uh we are about to enter spoiler territory for game of thrones just like at last week's episode i have included no more outtakes besides game of thrones spoilers after this so we're discussing the entire series up into the latest episode as of this recording which is season eight episode five so if you have not watched game of thrones or you care about game of thrones spoilers in general or you just don't want to hear us talk about that dumb tv show that twitter and the internet won't shut up about that you should skip to the end of the show and thank you for listening everyone but yeah let's get into game of thrones man uh what like that was like 45 minutes of just destruction like that was what that episode Mm was Mm um yeah, how do you want to how do you want to break this down? Do you want to just start? Yeah, let, <laughs> let, let's let's talk or? about the, yeah let's talk about the biggest thing in the episode I think, which is uh, Daenerys taking like the turn to mm-hmm. unleashing the dragon or to you know becoming the crazy Targaryen that all of her family seems to be or or whatever. Like the, I think I'm pretty comfortable with the like I, I wish it had been a little bit more kind of uh developed like i wish it hadn't mm-hmm. happened quite so fast but if you actually like go back and look at everything that she has that's happened to her this season with losing the dragon with losing jorah with losing john with losing Varys, like literally realizing that this country that she's this the only thing she's ever cared for was to come and reclaim her throne uh it do, does not give a shit about her like does not love her will never love her will will never accept her and to like have that turn happen i think is actually pretty good like i've come around the other side on it although at the time i was like damn girl that was quick mm-hmm. uh i've always been uh waiting for this 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 feels like what Danny was supposed to do since like season two. Mm-hmm. Um, season one, I really felt for her. I really liked her a lot in season one because it's like she goes through these incredible hardships and she comes out on the other end with literal dragons like and like hanging out on top of her. Um, and it's like really extreme and it's a big fantasy element and it's this big growth over that season, which could have been a very traumatic thing for her. Um, and then she literally steps into a fire, comes out of it. But ever since then, it's like she's been saying, I will take what is mine with fire and blood. And I used to be so annoyed because she would repeat the same three expressions all the time. She would fire and blood, 
um she would say where are my dragons <laughs> and she would say i think the other thing she would just say i will take what is mine it was constantly saying those same things and i was like but girl you haven't done anything yet um and in the early seasons everybody else seemed like they did everything for her or it was jora or it was somebody else fighting for her or doing something uh and i feel like that is more of a show problem um or that's how that's all we ever really saw of her was like her yelling at people and then other people doing things on her behalf. And then around season five or six, they started to like tick into the direction that we're in now where she is like, okay, I have now established myself where I've wanted to be. I keep telling y'all what I'm going to do. If y'all keep <laughs> fucking around, I'm going to burn this whole place down. Like even when she's back and all across the ocean, this is where she's at where it's like, okay, I'm trying to do the right thing. Oh, you don't want to listen to the right thing. Or you're not going to like me for it. Okay, well, here's your other option is that I burn you alive. Yeah. Uh, and this has kind of always been her thing. And as she's gained more power and grown more confident, her tolerance for people disobeying her and telling her, oh, hey, maybe you should do this has grown thinner and thinner. And I'm not saying that I've always wanted Danny to become the villain. Um, and I'm not even saying, I mean, she did a really bad, uh, <laughs> really, really bad thing in this most recent episode. And that's not even necessarily uh, villainous in terms of game of thrones it's just she became the conqueror that everyone was trying to tell her not to be where she lost all the people close to her who truly knew her who truly loved her and who could truly find the better part of her who who would seek mercy who would seek kindness rather than destruction uh because there is that part of her it's not like she has just been the dragon this whole time um and only by the grace of other people has she begun that's not true um she is a good person she has this good part of her but she has been stripped down to the point where she's like okay literally i mean you start the episode <laughs> you ended last episode with her uh losing Masande. the episode before that she um sort of lost john in a way um i feel like she lost john same? in this episode like i feel like this, yeah. was, oh, yeah. this, this was the moment she lost john even though mm-hmm. they were definitely like signaling that that was about to happen mm-hmm. she lost jorah um she's lost her dragons yep. uh things have just been going worse and worse and worse for her and she keeps taking other people's advice in episode one of this she's like hey Tyrion, um stop stop fucking me over buddy you keep giving me bad advice that isn't working out uh and if you keep doing that there's gonna be a problem and Tyrion keeps giving her advice that isn't working out for her so she's getting more and more irritated and of course we start the episode with varus betraying her um now that it's it's like that was kind of like her wit's end she was like okay that's just one final person who has now betrayed me i can't trust any of you guys and i you know i think a lot of the episode focuses on that one moment where amelia clark just absolutely like crushes everybody in the show with her her faith the acting that she does when she's looking at the red keep when she's sitting on top of her dragon and she's just like yeah you know what fuck it i'm gonna do this <laughs> um <laughs> that moment is so huge but i think that's not that's not really the moment. She does make a decision there. She makes a conscious decision there to say this is this is how things are going to go down because otherwise there's going to be some other trick up somebody's sleeve uh, and they're going to fuck me in some way. So you know what? I'm going to fuck them first. Uh, and yeah, well, that, that whole lot about fear. Like if they can't love me, mm-hmm. then fear it is. Like I'm, I will, I will, I will embrace this 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 life of a conqueror that like this is the only way that I can take back what is what I feel is rightfully mine, and I'm going to use every tool. Uh, at my disposal which is Mm -hmm. fear right and i'm not justifying like her actions as as far as like what is morally right i'm just justifying them as like in terms of character um (laughs) i think that it i i was waiting for this i've been waiting for this for a few seasons now um for her to become the dragon and i 
I don't want to say I was like excited about it because obviously there was like turned into a horror show um and she was like raining an apocalypse down on king's landing which is like scary but this is kind of what i had been expecting i think that people's expectations have been obviously coloring their experience of the show this last season because there is almost 10 years of tv show of anticipation plus everything that's in the books that people have formed their own theories and formed their own expectations and that's kind of that's going to alter it and now people regardless of any of that people might still say yeah this season sucks I just don't feel that way. I'm I'm still enjoying it. And I think a big part of that was I was waiting for a big Daenerys moment like this, and I was satisfied with it. Um, I think that they kind of lean into her being like emotionally distraught when she does it. But um, I still I still feel like that there's been a substantial kind of build up to to this moment. Yeah, I um <clears throat> I think my major issue with it is that it it's so over the top like so there's the mm-hmm. moment where the whole thing had been set up to you know Tyrion was was just hammering home to everybody like ring the bells and everybody will stop fighting we'll take the city peacefully no not everybody has to die and so that happens like they ring the bells and what i really expected was for her to go and like <clears throat> almost at the very beginning to destroy the bells right like not give them the option to surrender yeah um and then when that didn't happen and she started lighting the place up i was like oh well she's going to go kill the red keep and cersei and everybody that cersei was holding hostage inside the the red keep to, to make a point like we're not going to kill this city we're going to go kill this 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 idea of you know royalty or or, or whatever i did not expect like 50 minutes of just pure straight up carnage and that mm-hmm it didn't necessarily feel like a oh what's the word it doesn't feel like like a like a, a mischaracterization of danny i just was like what like this is the chick that like broke into tears when her dragon ate it ate a little girl right and like right wh- where did all of that go because this is that on a on a huge scale that is you know this is an entire city like they kept they kept going back and forth like at one point Tyrion said millions and at another point he was like 10,000 innocent lives and I'm like are there 990,000 like shit bags in, <laughs> in yeah. King's Landing is that what that math works out to is there just yeah, 10,000 innocent know people but if they're trying to imply that people were evacuated or people were safe somewhere because all we see is just like the terror of it all um and yeah I I don't know what there's obviously a lot of kind of symbolism and there's a lot of unspoken stuff because it's not it's not a novel and it's not like novel length anymore where season one is like the entirety of the first book of game of thrones. And we have the time to build out the, the text on the screen through dialogue and through everything that happens. But now we don't have the time. And so they're relying a lot more on like symbolism and like direction and things like that to just inform the viewer of everything that's happening or that's building um, in more subtle ways. That's how I'm looking at it anyway. I mean, even every scene where it feels like every scene where Daenerys has talked to Jon since the battle at Winterfell has <clears throat> been in a dimly lit room, lit room and then the, the close-ups on her face just show fire because there's always a fire burning in the hearth behind her. And this this episode, and they definitely do that, where all of her close-ups, it's just zoomed in on the fire right behind her. And it's like, oh, okay, that's uh, that's a sign of something. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> and I can see that. I just... I just it just went on for fo- so fucking long, Chris. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this chick just we kept going for a long and longer time. I, even, <laughs> I, tur- I turned to Autumn one time and I was like, "This is like the entire fucking city. Like the the, the castle is right there. <laughs> like Cersei is right there. That's who you're mad at." I also thought it was. Um, I, I made this joke somewhere else, so I'm I'm just going to repeat my joke because I like it so much. But like in between episode, is this episode five that we just watched? Mm-hmm. 
So in between episode yeah. four and five, she obviously like rented how to train your dragon one, two, and three, and like really finally figured <laughs> out how to combat orient your dragon because yeah. like Drogon for the first time ever like actually looked like he was worth a shit in combat. Like before we you know we saw one scorpion and he was like oh shit it just took out a dragon now this motherfucker blew up like 50 like in no time it was crazy mm-hmm. yeah they're not messing around anymore no they're, they're not they're, they're not messing around yeah i mean obviously i'm making excuses for it um because <clears> i'm <throat> still enjoying it and all i've seen is negativity i haven't seen anyone really enjoying it um so that make that makes me want to to find excuses and yeah i mean i almost wish like we didn't need we didn't need an hour and a half for the Battle of Winterfell. We didn't need an hour and a half of this. There's so many story beats that we still want to see. So the fact that they're wasting it on action kind of sucks almost at this point in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I get it because we had so many years of buildup to, to now have the, the third act of the, the entire show is like now it's here. Now everything's go- popping off. And t- to that extent, I do understand. But um. Yeah, how'd you feel about uh, everybody who croaked? Everyone we lost. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Euron, obviously the most poignant death. <laughs> um, I, You know, Cersei and Jaime, uh, Jaime eventually making his way into the Red Keep and quote-unquote rescuing Cersei and then only to find their path to the the boat that Tyrion had set up for him to kind of get away in an effort to, you know, again, save everybody so that people wouldn't fry. Um, I thought that was, it was, it was, pretty interesting i liked watching cersei break down like that mm-hmm. that level of armor that she had projected around herself since probably like even before tom and dying like probably since before when yeah. uh joffrey died uh but it just gotten harder and harder and harder uh, as the series has gone along seeing that break and her just saying I, I, I want my kid to live i want my baby to live and like kind of falling apart i thought was extremely when i say good like it, i thought it was a good moment like i don't think that was a great thing to yeah, happen to cersei were, yeah people are really upset <clears throat> about um her not having some more sadistic death um like people really wanted to see her like brutalized in some way which is like kind of fucked up when you think about it that people like desire that on such a strong visceral level that her getting buried alive scared for her life (laughs) uh underneath the the red keep which had been her entire like shit that that does that that wasn't bad enough for people because i mean her whole her whole shit has been about her ego and her her name and the power that she has, and at the end, she's stripped of every last piece of that ego and power. Um, and the Red Keep, where she presided over, I don't think she's left the Red Keep in like three seasons, and this no. has been her mm-hmm. her stronghold. And at the end of the day, that's what she she's crushed to death beneath the Red Keep, this I place mean, that she you know <laughs> used as her fortress. The last time she left the Red Keep was to go to the um, the chapel, right? I forget what they call mm-hmm. it, but like to go mm-hmm. to the church that she eventually you know t- is taken prisoner in. So yeah, she was definitely like using that as a as a pseudo armor around her. I, um, so I thought it was a fitting <clears throat> way to go. Part of me was was wondering if um, she would be alive um, come next week. I know that that sounds like impossible because they literally got crushed to death under the, uh, <laughs> a gigantic uh, fortress, but. Um, before i thought okay maybe she'll escape jamie's gonna go because he's been stabbed several times uh jamie ain't making it and um i had resigned myself to that even though for all these years i've just always been like yeah jamie's gonna kill cersei jamie's gonna kill cersei and then i was wrong um but at the end yeah i thought that he he was probably going to die and maybe she would get away maybe he'd get her to that boat and she would sail across the sea and give birth to a lannister baby that would be raised up by people around her who would tell 
this baby, hey, you're the rightful heir to this throne across the sea, maybe you should go back, and it would just start the cycle over again, instead of it being a Targaryen baby, now it's a Lannister baby, or a Baratheon baby, whatever. Um, no, they don't, they don't, I don't think they're still pretending to be Baratheons at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not at all. Um, I, I, you know, my, my sister, I talked to my sister a little bit about this today, and she had the same thing of like, what if they come back? And I'm like, if there was... If this was open-ended or if we had four more episodes, like, maybe. Like, maybe I could see. Because, you know, we had that, um, was it, who went into the water? Uh, I think it was Jamie and Bronn went into the water at the at the end of one of the battles. And, like, you were like, yeah. oh, they've got nothing but armor on. Like, they are going to sink immediately. And, like, they just show the fuck right back up, right? And, like, and yeah. even in this yeah. episode, like, Euron literally swims from, like, where his boat got exploded to, like, the castle. <laughs> Like, (laughs) so like anything is possible in the Game of Thrones universe. But again, like with only one episode left, they're clearly, I think it's going to be like, it's going to be all focused on, on the drag. It's going to be focused on Danny more than anything. I, um, Mm -hmm. what were you at on this, uh, mountain and, uh, Clegane kind of fight? Because for me, I have like, I've, I've always liked Clegane as a character. I've thought the mountain Mm -hmm. was a little bit ridiculous and like the very first season there is a there's a scene of the mountain fighting somebody and the king is watching and i was like i remember seeing it because i was like it was you know it, it, it was brand new show and i was like oh shit like this is this is dark souls pvp like that's what this looks like and i was <laughs> all in i um <clears throat> i since then i haven't really cared about the mountain like i've been curious about like what kyburn was doing to these people but i it was way more interested in Clegane like maturing as a person and his conversation with Arya kind of rubbed me the wrong way and his eventual like death um suicide mur- excuse me suicide murder with um the mountain I was just kind of like not super into so people um are for whatever reason have been obsessed with these two fighting each other for, for like years yeah I don't for years it. and I can't even this like I enjoyed the the fight it's really well set like the sky is like on fire around them as they fight up this staircase and it looks really cool it looks like something out of like star wars which is like this big epic set piece that has almost no substance to it even though we've we've followed sandor through so much and seen him grow into like a real person who sets who who tries to tell Arya like don't be like me don't spend your life on revenge don't spend your life on murder go be a person go be Arya. don't be don't be the hound don't be the faceless man or whatever just be be you instead um and they rush that moment so fast, um, where it's just like, okay, thank you, bye. <laughs> she just leaves. Um, but yeah, it, it had very little, uh, the fight had very little significance to anything that was happening around it. It was just fan service. Um, it was literally fan service. I, I did love the moment where Cersei was like standing there after Kyburn had died. And like these these two brothers, these huge hulking brothers, are just staring at one another. And she's like, I'm "Just gonna tiptoe my way down the stairs. See you guys later. <laughs> I'm not in, I'm not in this. I don't have the, I don't have a dog in this hunt." Um. And the yeah, the only thing I can say is that it just means that Cersei loses her her last two allies. Uh, Kyburn gets Kobe'd against the wall, and Kobe. Um. Kobe. And the mountain, I don't know, if the mountain was down there with her and Jamie, there's a huge chance that they would have survived, because I feel like that dude could just, like, okay, I'll just get underneath my huge uh, body, and I'll protect you. But, like, there's, it just feels like there's so little narrative significance. It feels like the Hound should have just been like, I don't care anymore. Because it didn't seem like he cared anymore about getting revenge or doing that. But I guess that people, that's what people wanted to see, was these two fight. And you um, see, I was just—I I felt like uh, I wanted the Hound to not care, and I wanted Arya to one hundred percent care. 
because mm-hmm. I felt like Arya at this point, um, she hadn't really seen a lot of the horror that she's going to see later in the episode, right? Like the, the destruction of the red keep hadn't like started in earnest. Um, she's just seeing people running and scared, but her whole life has been built to basically go after Cersei and for her to be like, to respond to the hound of saying like, Oh, you don't want to be like me and her going, thank you. Well, with like tears in her eyes. I was like, eh. I mean, yeah, I realize that you want to save her. Like you're obviously doing something with her, but to, even though she's just killed the night King, but like I would, I would be here for Arya killing Cersei as revenge for Ned Stark in mm-hmm. season one. I, I was really hoping that would happen and was kind of disappointed when it didn't. I feel like she's gonna go for Daenerys now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Which I don't, I don't care about. Like I know they gave her right. a reason to in this, in this episode, but like Daenerys didn't kill her dad. <laughs> Daenerys didn't kill her. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> the one thing that I'll say is that all they've really showed us in the preview was like Tyrion looking up, John looking up, and then two shots of Arya like walking behind a group and then looking up. Um, and it's supposed to all be they're looking up at Daenerys. Sure. And I, I feel like that the preview is very much framing it like Arya is going to go after Daenerys, but. Um, that that could totally be a red herring. The fact yeah. that they're showing us anything of her makes it seem like okay, yeah, her her part in this might actually be done. I don't know. I forgot um, to watch the preview. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's so not I much. To... I just told you all of it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about like what the preview normally is. So, um, yeah, man, I I just I for the most part, I, I'm I'm here for Game of Thrones. I I think I'm at the point where the Game of Thrones. I've never been the type to like really get into. And this is going to sound stupid coming from a guy who like podcast a whole lot about tv shows and things like that (laughs) but like the amount of like critical analysis that game of thrones has gotten over the years i've always been like oh i mean like guys tone it down like the show does not deserve all of this like in-depth analysis and like what does this mean about society like game of thrones does this and (laughs) now more than ever like i felt like this in season seven and since season eight i've been like guys you could just like sit back and enjoy this or you know god forbid not watch it or i mean watch it and not have a fucking opinion about it like the amount right. of like people are people are discourse. very invested yeah. in um personally in a way that makes them really disappointed in in and things or have really high expectations and um when the show doesn't meet those expectations then it like it angers them i don't know i feel like i don't ever get really that angry at media like maybe video games, like when I can't beat them, <laughs> I <Yeah>. get mad. <laughs> but um, but I don't know. I can't ever remember like watching a movie and being like, "Fuck this! Fuck the people who made this! Fuck the showrunners for ruining!" Like I've never felt that way about anything. Um, and I mean, maybe you can, that's you can go back to uh, every time every every series that I could name as an example that that's happened to me. It's not me being mad um, at the showrunners. It's me being mad at myself for not getting out when I knew I should have gotten out. Like mm-hmm. I should have mm-hmm. never watched the ending of Dexter. Like I, I just, I should have quit at season four or five, but I was like, Oh no, I'm invested in this. So now, now I get to make jokes because I'm one of the handful of people that have seen the end of Dexter season nine. Like that's, but that's on me. Like the showrunners did a bad job, uh, but I should not have been watching it. I should not have subjected myself to that 12 hours of misery or however long it was. Um, and every example I can think of like how I met your mother or any show that's ended pretty terribly is, is like that is just, why did I keep watching it? Why did I do this to myself? So, I don't even know of any shows that have good endings at this point, but um, no, I I don't know. I'm still just like I just want to know. Like I want to know how this the story ends, and I know that the path there isn't what it should be, but I'm still like really invested in in, in seeing what the ending is going to be. Um, which is which is a weird thing to say, I guess, but like I'm still excited to find out like what's going to happen because I know at the end of the day that 
regardless of any blunders made along the way, that the ending that George R. R. Martin was working towards is what we're going to see at the very end. Like He told them the ending. Their interpretation of the events leading up to the ending is obviously different, um, presumably. But like the final ending of like who's on the Iron Throne or what remains of the Seven Kingdoms, I think is going to be, um, it's going to be, yeah, just like solid. I, I really, I really wonder at that because, um, like I think, I think, I think that's true. But also like the stuff in between, I just, I have to wonder about right. Like I just, I really wonder how George R. R. Martin is going to spend the next couple of books getting Daenerys to here if that's where like she ultimately ends up because like i mean in the books like i mean i guess if you haven't read the books this is also a slight spoiler but like what are you doing <laughs> like yeah. either you're, you're not going to at this point or you're way too into it to ever start or whatever but uh like Tyrion isn't hooked up with these people Tyrion is out wandering over the fuck around the you know westeros mm-hmm. like or not mm-hmm. even in westeros he's wandering around like fucking valeria or some shit talking about whores like that yeah. dude is not so like how all of this stuff gets resolved in the next couple of books will be kind of curious to me yeah, I don't know how it's going to happen. But hey, yeah, a lot of people died. We lost Varys, first one to go. Um, so they were just dropping like flies. Varys died the same way that basically Ned Stark died. Yeah. Um, when Ned was writing those letters to everybody being like, yo. I thought the same thing, yeah. Um, <laughs> Trying to d- gather support for this like peaceful, nope, nope, I'm dead now. <laughs> Varys told Ned in season one, hey, Ned, I serve the realm. I serve nobody else. I'm just doing what's in the best interest for everybody. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of people are upset at, at Daenerys's turn cause they didn't see it coming or they don't think it's justified or, or whatever, but I don't know. I was excited about it. And I thought that like all the actors did a really wonderful job giving us the best that they could for, for their characters in these kind of final moments, these final acts. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it I wish that we were still getting the uh, TV show version of events and not the, um, uh, the movie version, because that's what these are. These are these are mini action movies, mini fantasy action movies, and so much happens so fast that that's that's the biggest complaint that I have. Um, but yeah. other than that, yeah, I'm still having a good time with the ride. And look, one episode, man. Like I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm ready. Look, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still just as excited to find out how it ends because everything that I've predicted that would happen, I've, like almost everything, I, I've been wrong about, which just goes to show like my interpretations have been all over the place. Like we see what we want to see. Yeah. If, you know, people saw Daenerys as the savior because they wanted to see her as the savior. That's how they felt that she was. And I never really saw her that way. So I, this didn't surprise me. But if you, I look at somebody like Jamie, who I always wanted to believe uh, was a good guy and like he would, he would do good in the end. Like I was wrong, you know, and I don't think that he's, he was an evil person. I think that he ran to the woman that he loved because um but whatever sansa said to him like oh sorry that i won't be there to see your sister executed jamie had two moments or two realizations at that moment one of i don't belong in the north these people are gonna hate me just as much as everybody else has always ever hated me and two my sister's going to die and everybody in this world hates her except for me yeah um and yeah so he had to uh he had to go go to her um i think what he says about him being a hateful man or whatever uh, but what he does is out of an act of love. Obviously, it sucks that he did that to Brienne and whatever. But they had to die together. That was the only way. But at least the at least the shippers got their their one scene, right? Like they got their right. They, they got. Their I wonder if that'll scene. even be in in the book. Not at all. At all. Like I feel like that's not going to. Just doesn't feel like that's yeah. something that George R. R. Martin is building mm-hmm. towards. It was just based on the chemistry of the actors. Of like, yeah, okay. I wonder. Um. So at this point, the Red Keep is gone. Mm-hmm. Um. I, like the. The the main conflict here is obviously going to be Daenerys and either am I saying that right? I feel like I'm saying her name wrong for some reason. 
Daenerys? What? I'm saying Daenerys. Daenerys. Yeah. Yeah, Daenerys. D- Daenerys. Um, but the, the main conflict is going to be her and presumably trying to prevent her from ass- assuming the throne because John having seen what she has done, Arya having seen what she has done, and Tyrion having seen what she has done, like, all realize this chick is not going to be fit for a queen. But, like, where is the conflict going to take place? Like, are they all hightailing back to Dragonstone? Is the Iron Throne, like, completely wasted? Are we not worried about that anymore? Like, how they resolve who is going to be even in a nominal position of control at the end of the show is uh, something I'm really curious about because, like, who, like, how do you even get back control if the, you know, if somebody destroyed, actually, this is just like that Tom Clancy book, Rising Sun, where <laughs> they they literally <laughs> drop a bomb on Washington, D.C. at a time where everybody is there. So, like, the department of, the the act the president of the department of agriculture has to be a uh, president or something like it's really dumb but like how do you even mm-hmm. form a government for the seven kingdoms or is this the moment where everybody is separate people are in the north people are in the south and then like fuck the fuck king's landing i'm very very curious part of me wonders like if even despite all of what just happened daenerys will just be on the throne and that'll that'll be she won she fucking won, you know. It was brutal and it was awful, and nobody wanted to see it go down that way. But she won. Um, like that could that could happen. <laughs> we don't that know. That could happen. Yeah, that um, could easily happen. She could. I mean, she could reunite the kingdoms by force, and that would be. There's still kind a of a dope. Of, um, I mean, honestly, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm here for that. Like, they're, they're, John could just say "fuck this" and go north. Um, oh, there's I'm, no I'm way. I'm out of here. There's no way. Um, yeah, no. John either John but, either gets the throne or he dies. Like I'm calling that now. Mm-hmm. There's there's no mm-hmm. in between. There's no like um, path of Ronan for for John at this point in his life. You know right. what I'm saying? I kept thinking like, oh, John's probably gonna die. John's probably gonna die. But I was like, well, he died already. Um, so would they kill him again? There's a good chance that they could kill him again. It doesn't matter. But um, yeah, I mean, he's gonna be a threat as, as far as his name goes to Daenerys. So part of me wonders if she actually, even after doing everything that she did, she'll break the wheel the way that she said she was going to. Um, and they'll, I keep, like, I keep saying I want Tyrion and Sansa for president. Um, but I don't think that that's gonna happen. I don't think that she's actually going to say like, okay, the, this line of succession is over. We're going to have a democracy now. I don't, I don't see that actually happening. Um, but it would be interesting to, I mean, her vision in season two of the throne room where it's snowing in the throne room, um, and now everybody is saying, oh, that, oh, was, that was Ash. Yeah. Um, but I rewatched that scene uh, or yesterday. And Daenerys reaches out. She walks into the the throne room. It's ash everywhere. The roof has been torn away. It's been destroyed. She reaches out for the the throne. She puts her hand. She goes to put her hand on it, and then she stops right before she touches it. She stops, and then she turns around and she walks out of the room. And when the doors open, it's north of the wall. She's like walking out from the wall. Um, I don't know if that means anything. She's already gone north of the wall once when she flew in on her dragons. So that could have been, you know, symbolism of something else. But I think that that's a that's really interesting that we that we get this ash, you know, like snow falling everywhere. And then she did have this in her her vision. And then that same vision, she doesn't touch the throne that she reaches out for. Um, She backs away from it. So I'm curious to see what she's going to do, because I don't think that Daenerys is evil. <laughs> I don't think that she's going to be pitched at the same level of villain that Cersei was even though she's done she just did some some truly horrific things um she did it in the name of of conquering and it's fiction so I'm allowed to talk like this because it's not real life (laughs) in real life you can't make these kind of caveats um, but it's fiction so yeah it's okay to say that she did it she became a conqueror um and she took what was hers 
with fire and blood. So um, I think the ball's in her court, kind of. <laughs> I uh, I very much I I would, and I think the writers are, are with me here. Um, like I I feel like we need an epilogue. Like I don't I don't remember how long yeah. this last episode is, but hopefully it's like one of these extra long episodes. It's like an hour and a half long or something because I want to see the climax and then I want to see the denouement. Like I want to see the the epilogue that stretching into the future and see like not necessarily anything cheesy, but like just like things that happen, right? Like like I don't know, like remix an intro, like to to show like how these different houses change over years of time or or, or what have you. Or um, oh, here's a thought. You know, in the books, this this asteroid that goes around <laughs> that that people see yeah. in the sky, that's kind of a huge deal. Like, do you think that that's going to play into the ending at all? Like, do you think that's going to finally like blink out of the sky after we've not seen it for seven years, and then like the dragon dies and all magic goes away or something? Like, do you think that's that would be very very interesting? I remember there was like you know it was in the book because he like lost a bet or something like that, or he put it in as a bet that he could do something that didn't mean it. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but. It would be interesting to see something like that, like all all the magic has left. I mean, I would be pretty bummed if we didn't get to hear more about the fucking Three-Eyed Raven Brand Stark or Sansa or any of the shit that's going up there, even though it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Kind of, because we've like we've moved beyond that. I definitely feel like um, Bran is a is a fucking like a plot thread hanging dangling all across this this, this whole it, area. It would be like, pretty weird if we just dropped all of that. Because like otherwise Sam what, what and, did he do? <laughs> like right, no, right. Nothing, none of Bran's journey really mattered except for bringing the night king to winterfell and i'm guessing that dude would have done that anyway like yeah it's it's set up some stuff it just that i don't know there's there's a lot of questions there and i hope we get some answers but we we saw goodbyes for for characters like sam and gilly and torment like okay we're not gonna see them again i don't know if we're gonna see brienne again because the last time that we saw her she's uh sobbing in the snow um i would after they, i'll be honest with you unless it's some sort of like epilogue thing like i think we're done with the north like I think yeah, if, it feels that way. Like I feel like you know, let's say the the ending, the climax of this is Daenerys, Daenerys taking over, or or Daenerys dying. Like either one, and then like <clears throat> you know, it goes to fade to white, fade to black, comes up like sixteen moons later or whatever, and then like you see Sansa with the kid or or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. go through that epilogue process to show us like what happened after the fact and. That's the only time, and to be honest with you, I don't really, except for Bran, I don't really give a shit about anybody in the North anyway. Like, <laughs> the free folk fucked off. They're back in the North. <laughs> like, presumably yeah. Sansa's got all of her dudes, like, that aren't raping people in King's Landing. Like, presumably got those dudes rebuilding the wall just in case, but who knows? <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, man, I don't know. I'm just, the more we talk about the North and I realize, okay, we don't really need them anymore, the less satisfied I feel like with our last visions of like with sure, Sansa's yeah. last scene on the show her just saying like Tyrion I have to tell you something and then we don't see her again <laughs> like, it would be, it would be it? a little that weird that's what I'm yeah. saying like we, like but I don't know that she's like could be directly involved in this you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. in the in the climax that they're leading to so that's why I'm leading towards the epilogue stuff Chris we have done an hour on Game of Thrones yeah so, we just so. did a Game of Thrones podcast so let's do a supernatural <laughs> We need to figure out how to like include. Maybe we just delay the episode again and record next Tuesday, and then include yeah, our yeah. our last uh, Game of Thrones stuff, and then I'll cut it all up into one episode if people want to listen to it. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> oh shit! Let me. I don't even remember what fucking episode of Supernatural would do with my man. Not a good one. 